Greetings, boys and ghouls. You're listening to Crypt Creepers, the podcast where we digest the corpse of the greatest horror, horror anthology of our generation, Tales from the Crypt. I'm Thomas Johnston, and this fine young cannibal is my sister, Mary Johnston. I'm trying to remember what the fi- main fine young cannibal song was. Oh. She drives me crazy. crazy. Like no one else. She drives me crazy and I can't help myself. Um, because definitely I, I have not interrogated the themes of that song, so I hope it's I hope it's okay. I did not. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's I'm probably like, not know. great, but I don't think it's like offensive. Ableist against the mentally ill. Yeah, probably. And also, like, treating all women like they're crazy. No, but the women drives him crazy. Yeah, but, you know, women women be crazy. And shopping, but not so much. And shy. Not lately. Do you ever stop and think about how when they do, uh, like, the Mad Men series that is, you know, living in, in, the, twen- in, in the 2020s, uh, Trump's America kind of thing? That, that there will be at least one COVID-19 episode. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I think we already are going to see... I think we're going to get more of that than we expect to in the coming months and years. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say that every ad for... Every COVID ad makes me irrationally angry. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't like that, you don't like that Budweiser one where they're like, this year we're all on the same team. Yeah, I don't like that one. Um, I don't like the, <laughs> I don't like the one where it's like... Where it's like, you grocery store workers, you're the main heroes. We're not going to give you any support, but thank you. Well, um, hopefully, you know, if, if, if a good thing could come out of this, if essential workers could get some economic justice, that would be... Huge. Oh, no, that would be amazing. But I don't think that uh, the Kroger family of brands is... Uh, it, that's what they're going for. No, they're preparing us to see all the, not- the notes that are... are all the uh, obit- obits where it's like, and this person was a cashier. Right. Yeah, this guy, he was a bag boy. He knew the risks. Yeah. He knew he when he signed up. Yep. Every day when he got up and put on his apron, he knew. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, I think that that's, that's what's going on. No, the car commercials are actually the, one, the ones that usually get to me the most because it's like this weird combination of isolation and safety that's just real creepy. It's always like <laughs> a dad and a, like his one son driving on like an empty road and being like, in this time where things feel just a little uncertain, you're like, you're going to have to flee? Yeah, okay. I get what you're saying. I get it, but I don't like it. <laughs> Our car is so big, we guarantee you're six feet away from everyone. <laughs> Our car is so big and comes with OnStar. You know, for when you have to blast through all the people rioting for food. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's it's dark. I don't I don't prefer it. It makes me feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for a cheery pick-me-up, why not watch an episode of Tales from the Crypt about eating dead bodies oh man i love this episode I really for a moment thought that that was never going to end. 
All right. <laughs> this is like in Looney Tunes where they hit the high note and you're like checking your watch and like putting me in a safe, but I continue to sing. Yeah, yeah. All the wine glasses are shattering. All the wine glasses yeah. that are littered throughout a child's cartoon. Um, mm-hmm. So we... This is a delight, and I have never yeah, felt more delightful, delighted to introduce you to the personnel behind this. Starting with Mandy Koto, who wrote and directed this. He is primarily a producer and writer for a bunch of different TV shows, but he has two notable directing credits. One is the... Well, well, actually, three. One is this... The second is the two, the uh, 1992 horror comedy called Dr. Giggles, which features Larry mm-hmm. Drake, stars Larry Jake, Drake, yeah. uh, Tales from the Crypt it's, alum. It's funny how much we've talked about Dr. Giggles for being a movie that, to the best of my knowledge, neither of us has seen. <laughs> no, it doesn't actually sound like something I'm that interested in, but there we go. Dr. Giggles. Sure, sure. And then I'm so pleased to tell you, he also directed Xenon, the sequel. Oh, no way. Yes. Which features, if you recall, our titular hero um, helping refugees, uh, aliens, potentially aliens experiencing homelessness, question mark, um, and also uh, gifted us with the often overshadowed but equally iconic protozoa song, The Galaxy is Ours, if you'll indulge me. Wake me up, shake me up, race me to the stars. So much to know, so far to go. The galaxy is ours. The galaxy is ours, my girl. The galaxy is ours. Sidebar, is protozoa the Easter egg, an Easter egg in our uh, space frost toast? I think the answer is yes. <laughs> oh, man. It, it's, yeah, that song, it goes. I mean, it's no supernova girl, but... I, I think like it's, it, they, I like it better. I think the Galaxy of Ours is a I, better song than <laughs> Zoom, 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 make a heart go boom, boom, boom my boom, supernova boom. girl. It's a more, um, you can tell that it's like Protozoa has had the sophomore slump and now he's picking back up, you know? You think so? I, I think Supernova Girl is like the banger and then this other one is like a more sensitive song for the ladies. Maybe. Uh, super no the galaxy is ours is more danceable than than uh zoom zoom which is the official title of that song <laughs> i just call it supernova girl <laughs> yeah fair oh man xenon and xenon the sequel slap yeah they go they go we should do <laughs> we should do them for space bras it occurs to me Oh, man, if so, I would love to guest. Would you? Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> All right, we'll do it. God bless you, uh, Mandy Koto. Love you mm-hmm. for making Xenon's sequel. We also have Steven Weber as Dale Sweeney. Um, he is notably the ex-fiance who gets the stiletto in his eye socket as means of death in Single White Female. Um. He is the irresponsible Hackett brother Brian on Wings created by the geniuses behind Frasier. I haven't seen a single episode of it. And he's also Jack Torrance in the gruelingly faithful miniseries adaptation of The Shining. Oh. <laughs> um, weirdly enough, so few people care about that grueling, gruelingly accurate uh, adaptation that IMDb has him listened, listed as John Torrance and no one has done a thing to fix it. No one cares. Yeah, nobody cares. He also apparently seems to be a woke bay. I have two quotes from him that uh, lead me to believe this. 
A culture cannot lie down with the dogs and not become utterly infested with fleas. The dogs, in this case, are the mongrel media and corporate overlords who have grown fat on manufactured controversy and fear-mongering. And then also this. Anyone who thinks they stand apart from society and defies all which which govern its existence have less in common with the lone wolf patriots standing up to the dystopic forces of oppression, which is a myth, and more in common with the disease known as cancer, which is a harsh reality. Damn. <laughs> okay, Weber. Here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. Based on those quotes, I can't tell if he's like far left or possibly far right. He's far, he's far left. But yeah, it's Just, pretty funny. It's just, just like, like this sort of, sort of angry populism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, Known as cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Stephen Weber, I think he's awesome in this, and he apparently is awesome in real life. Yeah. Cool. Then, oh, we have Rita Wilson, mm-hmm. star of Now and Then, and Jingle All the Way, producer of My Big Fat Greek Wedding. And Mamma Mia, and singer-songwriter of the lightly chicken-fried jam Girls' Night In, which if you've never seen the music video for, I highly recommend you check it out. Truly an angel on earth responsible for making Tom Hanks an honest man, and recent coronavirus survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, she also put this amazing sentiment into words. As a woman, I feel women get shafted all the time. I've played so many moms, best friends, sister, and just understanding people. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have uh, Vincent Scarvalli as Robert. Mm -hmm. Um, Vincent was selected in the 1997 issue of Vanity Fair uh, about character actors as one of the best character actors in America. And you have seen him in, and he pretty much has, he has range, to say he has range while also being a striking and unique looking person would be to understate the case. He was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, Amadeus, Ghost, where he is, where he is credited as Subway Ghost. Tomorrow Never Dies, the Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie, and Death to Smoochie. Yeah, he's a regular old Stephen Tobolowski. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, those are the people. So we're in for a good time. We're in for a treat. Yeah, we can have a little bit of cannibalism as a treat. As a treat, a little bite, of, a little bite of human flesh as a treat. Num num num. No no, a little ear. <laughs> I like how tickled you. I can tell just how much you like the episode by how tickled you are to talk about the people connected with it, and it makes me feel happy. Here yeah. is my brief synopsis. Dale Sweeney is a muckraker of dubious moral character who is hot on the trail of a serial killer ravaging the city's homeless population. He's willing to lay everything on the line. Let's hope he doesn't bite off more than he can chew. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really his chewing that we have to worry about, but yes, I get your point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is the moral of this story? I mean, it's sort of a, is this a, like, there are some secrets not worth knowing, or could this be sort of a, you know, you bite the world and the world bites back? Yeah, I suppose that that's like kind of where the journalism part comes in. That makes sense. I wrote, eat the rich before they eat you. 
Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. That's the, the part that I like anyway, and so probably like I give it more of a pass. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, but I mean, but yeah, the this story is almost Lovecraftian in that it sets up there is a secret evil, and learning about it brings about your own demise, and that's and that's the story. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the whole thing. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Like, for sure. Um, I mean, like, I think that there is, uh, the way I read Dales, and so, usually my complaint with Tales from the Crypt is that nobody is likable in a particular mm-hmm. episode, and that ruins it for me. Um, it's not that nobody is likable. The people experiencing homelessness in this story are infinitely likable, I would argue. Um, yeah, or, or they are they are given the most humanity of anybody in the story. Yeah. And I and I and I'll go into that a little bit, but I think that we're supposed to kind of see this like exploitation food chain, with like yes. the poor on down on their luck Pete folks are just left out as like easy pickings to be like eaten up by society. Yum yum yum. And then you have like scummy muckrakers like Dale who treat women like they're disposable objects and are just kind of like a bad guy who's just like kind of like scrambling to maintain his position, and then. You have the rich ghouls at the top who just like eat whoever they want and don't care. I, I thought that there was cool I thought that there was cool commentary and surprisingly like uh, reasonable and effective commentary about homelessness. Um, I thought that Dale's arc suggests that more of us than not are like one step away from being victims of our society, like Dancer mm-hmm. and Robert are. Like, he loses his job, he loses his apartment, he literally spends the night in the gutter, and then, like, comes to the same end that Dancer and Robert experience, which is to be eaten by the rich, right? Yes, yes. No, no, this this episode is one of the more thematically rich, I think, episodes of Tales of the Crypt we've seen so far. Right, and the... In that... Yeah, go go ahead. ahead. No, 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 please. Oh, just this this thing, and, like, on 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 a basic level the motif of eating and consuming of people is, uh, is, is all over the place. Um, and also the fact, like, like, as you point out, the fact that, um, uh, Dale has to literally become a homeless person to exp- like, he gets locked out, like kicked out of his apartment and stuff. And, and, and then starts drinking wine on the earth, starts drinking booze on the street. And then someone calls him something like, get out of here, you damn bum. And then, and then he he sort of like falls from his safe niche, and then can then be a victim of the the horror that is affecting the the, the homeless population, is like that's that's pretty good for a for for an episode that that like features a woman with her boobs out, you know, like 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 three or four minutes into the episode. Yeah, but I will say that I thought that that also was effective. I did not mind, like, the whole point is that he is he is treating her like an object, you know? Right. And no, she no, calls yes, him yes, out yes. on it instantly, which is good. Yes. It, it, that exchange is a little bit weird, where where um, you would think that if he didn't, if he wasn't committed to being a total jerk, he could be like, oh, I have to go to work. But it's totally fine, because he's a ter- he, he is, I think, a terrible man. Yeah, for real. Um... Yes, absolutely. He, um, I also, I think that we also have, like, reasonable commentary about uh, the invisible dead. Like, he has to become, he has to become a person experiencing homelessness to fall victim to these people. And 
I think that they they do less of a job on this than Robert, but like we know that Dancer used to be a boxer and like right, yeah. and like yeah. had like and they have like clearly an affectionate, sweet relationship with each other um, that feels genuine. So it's not um, it's not a situation where you have kind of like the dead and the I think they're calling out the sort of like the invisible dead or like the dead the missing and the less missing. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think this could have very easily fallen into. And, and even then, we the the members of the uh, of Ghoul, the Ghouls, which um, let's 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 put a pin in this for a second. But I think we need to talk about Ghouls and cannibalism, which, which may or may not be the same thing. Um, but but the members of Ghouls are people are the Ghoul the Ghouls the, pe- the 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 people who eat the the dead homeless and presumably living homeless people. Um, uh, say that they all once experienced homelessness themselves, which I think speaks to the potent idea of clawing your way up from or out of a disadvantaged situation and then proceeding to victimize and take advantage of the people who were in your shoes, kind of. Yeah. I also kind of wonder, um, I wonder if that's also sort of like a commentary on them being disenfranchised as ghouls. We can kind of like, we can like segue right into this. Like, I think that's what they mean. And then you have sort of a mixed metaphor, which I don't even really mind, to be honest with you, because I think it's more of like a mental thing. Like our way of living is not accepted by you people, you know? Mm -hmm. So we have to hide. You forced us into that, that position. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but then you like when we when he's down at, at the at the end when Dale has like descended into the to the coffin um, like dining room the, table. The cool Warren, yeah. You have that moment where um, where he sees the picture of like ghoul George Washington, kind of. So I yeah, think no, yeah, the ghouls and fancy, yes, yes. So I think like the implication there is that they have kind of always been in charge. Yeah, yeah, no, they're not homeless, or if if they're homeless, it's more like we do not have a safe place to indulge in our, in our ghoul life, our ghoul lifestyle. But now, now we have a home, and we are commemorating it. But you know that sort of thing, right? Or it's like maybe they mean like we were homeless in that we came to this this country and ate native people, <laughs> like yeah, sure, potentially, yeah. like right, like so maybe it's like homeless as in as in like the pilgrims, right. So I think this episode this episode is good for two two big reasons. One, as we just kind of talked about, there's a lot of, there's a lot of clever theming and there's a lot of really great stuff in it. Um, but also, it's about something that you and I think is fun to talk about, which is cannibalism. Yeah, I do um, think cannibalism now, is fun to talk about. Sort of point of order for any any people who wanna wanna get get real pedantic with me. So of course the people the 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 beings in this are are portrayed as ghouls, which are spirits from sort of Middle Eastern folklore that 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 eat the dead. Um, this gets a little bit more fleshed out for West. So there, there are some ghouls fleshed yeah. out. There are some ghouls in um, in like the Arabian Nights and stuff like that, which again is I know imperialism taking the stories, but is for many of us in the West our sort of first entree into this sort of uh, rich folklore tradition. H.P. Lovecraft sort of picked up that folklore tradition a little bit and uh, further made it his own with Pickman's model. Where we have the the, ghoul, the the ghouls that live under the city and eat things in the mausoleum, and then perhaps even consume Pikmin himself. But this idea that there are sort of these like dog-like beasts that eat the dead—that exists. Also, 
eating corpses and eating people is also an idea. It's cannibalism. And I think there is some interplay here. And I think it's more interesting because these ghouls seem to pass as human beings to maybe understand this in the context of cannibalism rather than supernatural extra entities that also just happen to eat dead human beings. Um, just, I think it's a more thematically rich way to treat this, um, given that cannibalism as a cultural trope has existed maybe since since before the written word. You know, there is a lot of debate about um, not if, but to what degree um, early um, uh, Homo sapiens did indulged in cannibalism there's there's we there's evidence that we think that neanderthal may that the neanderthal neanderthals were extensively cannibalistic and it's, it's all over the place all over greek mythology and in fact um uh some of the some of our earliest histories herodotus in the like 400 bc was writing about um uh, other cultures um in the indian subcontinent that engaged in the eating of human flesh to gain magical powers so, you know, we've been thinking about this for a long time. Yeah, and there's lots of different kinds of cannibalism, which I think you kind of got around to. But I think that yeah. this particular story and these ghouls um, highlight uh, different pieces of it in a way that's very quite pleasing. So when you think yeah. about, like, uh, Dahmer and Albert Fish, who are, like, mm -hmm. human ghouls, right? We, right. Or yeah. this is how we think about them. I think correctly as a society. Um, like, I don't think anybody here is going to tell me that Albert Fish is, was a really cool guy. Uh, I have had people try to tell me that Dahmer he was... like kids. Well, I loved kids. Uh, I have had people try to tell me that uh, that Dahmer was a misunderstood um, Leonardo da Vinci-esque figure, and I was like, no, he preyed <laughs> on minorities and gay people in a really bad way. Like, no, sure. he's not a good guy. Um... Anywho, yeah, uh, I think we have like those people definitely part of their um, serial killing was the idea that if they ate people that gave them almost godlike powers like that. That was sure. and not so much like kind of like how we think about it in sort of an exoticized way, which is like the chief warrior eats his, you know, eats his main nemesis and then he gets all of his strength. I think it was more kind of like a like a power play thing, like for Albert Fish, the idea that he could eat children showed that he was like above um, above society's taboos at a certain point and like could do whatever he wanted. He had like red pilled himself to the end of the degree um, and, in, and, into being a real creep. But I think the, the, these guys, all this also gets all mixed up in the serial killer psychosexual pathology. If it was a sexualized act as well. Sure, 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 sure. Which, Which I think is also here as well. Like she, while she's, while Jess, mm -hmm. uh, Rita Wilson is having sex with Dale, she tells him he's like good enough to eat and she keeps like biting on him. Like that's like, yeah, no, no, hint. that's a great, that's a great clip where, cut where she's like, not, do you eat meat? Not really. And then, and then it cuts to her biting on his shoulder during sex. Yeah. Um, yes. I, I think that, don't you kind of think, okay, so if we accept that, you know, there's people like Dahmer and Albert Fish, the sort of like, uh, the, interplay the the connection between sex murder and eating is sort of this fascinating stew right that and, is very right and Dahmer ate people because he wanted to create like sex zombies for himself apparently right and, and it's, you know it's and then um uh you know about our do you know about uh Armin uh Mivis of the, course the, 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 the German the cannibal yeah, right isn't he the logical end point of this that you know you can 
uh, now, now that we can be connected to anyone via the internet, you can you can find someone who gets off on being eaten, and if you're a person who gets off on doing the eating, uh, you can you can, you can engage in that. Um, again, this weird sex, and it's probably not even weird. It's just like what are important human activities like eating and having sex. So you connect, you you have some connections with that in your brain, and uh, and of course uh, people are gonna kind of play with that interplay maybe. I think also um, uh, Armin and um, I'm looking up this other guy's name, but the 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 guy who ate that woman uh, in Paris and got away with it. Uh huh. I think it's a uh, Isa Segway. Um, uh-huh. Is that is the like the most famous cannibal to never to never face jail time? Um, mm. Who like ate this woman he was sexually obsessed with uh, in Paris, and like dumped various parts of her body in a suitcase um, into into the into the river in front of like a bunch of tourists, and then just like went back to Japan and was fun and like nobody came for him and like he became kind of a novelty and like would go on talk shows and stuff. Um, Jeez. Yeah, it's a crazy case if you read about it. Um, I would recommend checking it out, but like you kind of have these people who we decide. And I think this is also sort of like the power thing where like we have people and I think Armin was arrested, correct? Um, Yes, yes. Yeah. But like you kind of have it, but like his whole thing, the reason it's interesting is that the other person was like, yeah, please eat me. Please go Mm -hmm. for it. My 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 treat. Um, And then you have this other guy who like just kind of like definitely didn't have that. He definitely murdered that woman. No question. And ate her. And it was very appalling but nobody did a thing about it it was fine um and now he's kind of like continues to live as a free man and is considered a huge novelty because you can talk to a person who's eaten another person like that also kind of puts them in a different stratosphere where you're like oh these are higher these are people who are allowed to move through societies as cannibals in a different way than it would be for you or i to decide to consume human flesh Let's let's change gears a little. Let's talk about some other kinds of cannibalism. So, we of course have um, people who are who culturally engage in cannibalism, right? It's part of their cultural or religious beliefs or whatever. Yeah, this is where you get all the stuff for like there are endo cannibalism cannibals who only eat. This is where people like will consume the the dead in a reverential fashion, or sure. they only eat people in there. Then there's exo cannibals, the people who eat outsiders. And what's interesting is that exo cannibalism is usually used as a method of dehumanization. And it kind of goes both ways. If you could accuse your enemies of being cannibals, that makes them like like base or subhuman. Barbarians, also, yeah. Right. But also, if you think of the people who aren't in your group as any as just they're they're just meat, they're Livestock. just animals. Yeah. It works too, which is kind of a interesting double play there. So you know, of course, um, with Western imperialism. Uh, claiming that the people that they that you were exploiting and exterminating were cannibals was a pretty easy way to get people like the church who are already pretty fired up to be on your side, especially on your side. So a lot of these early, a lot of this, uh, you know, in the 16 and 1700s, a lot of these accusations of cannibalism and stuff, probably even before the 1500s, was we we don't know the extent to which it was actually true or was just kind of part of just being racist. <laughs> But but you know that we we have a lot of document documentary evidence there. There are also people 
who engage in cannibalism in desperate situations, I, like stuff like the Donner Party or the um, the Uruguayan Air, Airline Flight 571. Those people who like crashed on top of that. Yeah, right. Um, I read about did, I I, re I read some information about them that was fascinating. Most of them didn't want to eat dead bodies, but they supposedly kind of you know signed some sort of pact that the survivors would eat whoever died. Um, and a lot of the people um, on the I guess the people on the flight were all Roman Catholic, and so. Many of them kind of talked themselves into doing this by thinking about how it was like Eucharist. It was like communion, like eating the, 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 the communion host, which has transubstantiated into the body of Christ, which again is more, which, which I feel like kind of circuits back up to our top thing where it's kind of like religion and eating and dead bodies and stuff. It all kind of mixes together as these primal human uh, things. But we also think of cannibalism as being this, ex it's extreme and is maybe the like last gasp of desperation Notably, there are lots of there was a lot of books written in the 80s and 90s about cannibalism in communist countries, some of which is because, you know, in the gulag archipelago, uh, archipelago kind of stuff where we want to believe that nobody has any food or they're being starved in labor camps. But there are even books that are written about like ritual cannibalism engaged in the Chinese Cultural Revolution, which I don't know how much background, how much actual supporting evidence there is there. Or is this just more of us doing what? we've always been doing, which is, you, you know, your enemies, of course, they're all cannibals and barbarians, so they don't know what's right, and they can't do anything. Yeah, I think uh, this is the same thing where we decide that, like, you know, all of our enemies uh, scalp people and eat them, right? Like, right, they're right. All, yeah, yeah. They're all, they're all savage, barbaric, little brown people, and we are beautiful white Europeans, so therefore right. we it, get to own everything. Right. Would it surprise you to know that there are lots of tales of cannibalism coming out of, for example, North Korea, a country that... I think we would believe literally anything anyone ever said about them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, <laughs> uh, that would not anyway, surprise okay, so me. I also don't... I, I, my, I have the exact opposite feeling about cannibalism that I have about um, believing survivors of sexual assault. Always believe survivor. Always believe people who tell you that they've been sexually assaulted. Never believe anyone who tells you that somebody else is a cannibal. <laughs> I thought it was going to go like, never believe anybody who tells you they've been eaten yeah, by, but, someone. by someone. Um, I, it, yeah. It's so like, definitely there are cultures where it, there sure. are there are permissive, they feel more permissible towards it, especially in the context of, you know, we eat people who have already died as a form of um, mourning and respect. Like, totally get that. That is outside of, I think, what we're what, what we can take and make horrific at this point because we are enlightened right. individuals you ha you have to believe that cannibalism is taboo to be horrified by it because there is no society i think that's like no 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 it's great we just have like these people that we basically treat like cattle and we slaughter them that's like not a thing you yeah, know yeah 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 um, rather interestingly i think there was a trend of um in the around the time of the enlightenment of uh, consuming mummy tablets oh yeah mummies so so for a while there were a lot of hip europeans who were sort of indirectly cannibals yeah um, i guess there is one other category people who are just like trying to get attention um i found uh two particular cases there's a guy named william seabrook who is like from the 1880s to he died in the 40s who is listed in his Wikipedia as an American occultist, explorer, traveler, cannibal, and journalist. And he, uh, he I believe, uh, wrote for the New York Times and also, like, in the 20s, like, found out about some remote cannibal tribe 
and used connections of the medical establishment to source some human flesh of his own to eat so as to participate in ritual. Like, you know, maybe this was this guy's uh, profoundly held religious beliefs, but I, I bet he was just kind of an attention-seeking asshole because most occultists and cannibals don't wind up being a uh, partner in an advertising agency in Atlanta like he did. Um, totally. There's, Although, there's also to be fair, if you were put in a situation, not that you would necessarily seek the situation out, or buy your way into the situation because that would be tawdry. But if you <laughs> if were was like, you want to eat some human meat? <laughs> if you were in a situation where you felt like it was okay for you to eat human meat, would you do it? Like if it wasn't like like your ideal situation, like not you know obviously not something where it's like we slaughtered this and it's a veal, it's a baby, like not anything horrible. Yeah, yeah, no, I yeah. Unless you're a horrible person secretly, um, but like. I what think if the baby I, was a horrible person. Oh, man, some babies are real wangs. I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, no, no. I, I think I would. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, don't I, know. I think it, my it, curiosity it, would be too much. Again, it's the, it's the curiosity. It's this funny thing where we think it's ta- where we talk about it being taboo, but also it we're talking about it the same way people would be like, you know, if you're on vacation and they were like, you want to eat this poisonous pufferfish? Would you do it? Or, you know, would you eat dog if you were in a place, you know? Where it was totally fine. I mean, the answer is, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, you might not Likely. be happy about it, but you would do it. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone but puts a gun also, to your like, head and is the, like, eat a piece of human flesh. No. There's also a, a, a guy who is a uh, performance artist um, who is Canadian who apparently ate a, uh, like a... Uh, like a canopy that was made from people who donated their appendices, appendixes oh, that sure. have been taken out for this purpose, and then like ate it as you know some sort of statement or stunt. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. This strikes me as being. Do you remember when there was that breast milk ice cream that was being sold at some like pop up place in New York, like maybe maybe a decade ago or yep. something, and people were like losing their mind about it. Yep, I do remember that. Um... But, but okay, but does that tell us something about ourselves and our culture such that we're just kind of like, yeah, it's just meat, like, just pack it up. I mean, as long as, like, what if nobody got hurt? It's fine. No, I mean, the whole <laughs> you know, point is that it's we, we taboo. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, like, no one, like no one would watch yeah. the... No one would watch the performance artist be like, this guy had a giant hairball in his stomach, and now I'm going to eat it. Like, it's fun. Like, that's you just be like, oh, God. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Someone yeah. would watch I'm just it. Saying, we... But, like, we do it because it's, it's taboo. We, like, we, that is the, what's one of the, <laughs> I did a bunch of reading about cannibalism, and I read this hilarious article that was like, cannibalism is the last taboo. And I'm like, I feel like there's, like, a lot of other things that are taboo. But, yeah, cannibalism <laughs> is definitely one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I think also murder is pretty taboo. <laughs> um, no, that's all fine. That's uh, fine. Jeffrey Epstein has also taught us that other things are also fine. Oh, so right. Just, cannibalism, the final taboo frontier. Maybe that was Epstein's final secret. That's why he had. I like the idea of Epstein as a cannibal. That feels right Oof. to me. But okay, but then also like the exploit. I mean. But this is we're just bringing down a big hole. Is this just the thing where he realized that it's kind of messed up to eat other things? Period. Like. Like, meat, meat is murder. And then we're just kind of like, what's the most messed up thing if you ate your own kind? Yeah, we're very upset by the idea that a lot of animals are cannibalistic. Um, I think that it's a combination, and I think that this is like, this episode really hits this beautifully on the head. Where you have, we have this idea that both to be a cannibal is to be, like, godlike and more enlightened because you're treating another person as if they are livestock. For right. your consumption and, and pleasure and dining pleasure. But also, it's a sign of barbarism. So, 
I can't imagine a better description of a rich person than someone who's higher than the average human be person human being, but is also a total beast. Yeah, more barbaric. Yep. We haven't we haven't even talked about Hannibal Lecter. And I don't choose to because I don't think you or I especially love the Silence of the Lambs, but no. he also is an ex- excellent example of this trope. Yes. Uh, he kind of like comes at it because he's interesting because he's an intellectual and yet he eats meats. He's so smart that he's no, talked but himself. He's like so, but it, but it's it's again, it's he's so much better. Like like as as I am to a cow. So he is to me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so why why shouldn't he feast on our fleshy organ? This also so <laughs> cannibals. It's also funny. I was thinking about this um, a couple episodes ago when we were talking about how it's never really logistically worked out how a vampire really drinks your blood. Mm-hmm. Um, cannibalism is like vampirism without the sexiness because like eating meat and gnashing and chewing and slaughtering things and cutting flesh is all really gross. Whereas like vampire is a little bit sexy. It's kind of going for a little bike, you know? Um, so this is like the ugly half of the van. This is like the ugly other half of, of what vampirism maybe kind of represents. Yeah, I like that. I I do think that there is sort of a thing where you're like, like you could do that Drake meme where it's like eating human flesh. Oh, no. Drinking human blood. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, no. Like, like, or how about it's more like cute goth girl wants to eat my leg. No. Cute goth girl wants to like bite on my neck and suck my blood. Yes. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's just funny. Uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, cannibalism is cannibalism is gross. Cannibalism, cannibalism also, I think, is um, I, I think there's a reason and I, I feel sort of I, I almost think I would like this better. I, I sort of like the idea. I love the part where you find out like there's like uh, like nobility, American nobility that were these ghouls sure. and that they've been in yeah. charge for a long time. And it's always fun, like. I don't know, especially given the current circumstances, uh, you're like, oh, they really are lizard people. The current sure, circumstances sure. being rich people telling us that we should go back to work and die uh, for their stock portfolio. Um, I mean, I mean, in some sense, even though, Mary, <clears throat> if I can just jump in here for a second, <clears throat> sorry, even from sort of a class warfare perspective, aren't we, by equating the upper classes with cannibalism, we are using the final tradition of being like, yeah, these people, they eat, they eat people. <laughs> They're chewing us up. They're less than, you know, right? I mean, just to say. But I, so I almost think it'd be better if these people weren't actually ghouls, but were just rich people who ate, like, who just, like, eat people because they can get away with it. But I do think that the making them ghouls makes it more understandable that they're going to, like, take down uh, Dale and, like, rip him apart with their hands and, like, eat his raw flesh. Like, that, that, that contextualizes it. It makes it clear why they're, like, strong enough to, like, rip his ear off. Like, I understand that there's there's a whole host of reasons you would want to make these people uh, otherworldly yes. no, creatures. No. I agree. I agree. You what you would want is something that I, I would want too. where instead the guy in the suit who, who like welcomes into dinner says something along the lines of and this is, I think, period appropriate. So might be a little un PC says something where he's like, my grandfather traveled extensively in the South Seas and the Orient and discovered certain practices which can lengthen the lifespan and give one power and then like and is like you know implies that he will eat because you know whatever that's that's what we that's what you and i both want (laughs) yeah but i think it's close enough it's close enough for government work and i understand um also 
Also, it is super fun to watch actors, and this is just a great, this is a great thing, pretend to take their own faces off as if it was a mask, but then the actual mask is on. That's really fun. That's really fun. Yeah, for real. I, I especially love uh, Rita Wilson's uh, mm-hmm. uh, version of that. If we if we got our dream and we had um, we had them just be like rich people who are like, I eat people because I can, uh, you yeah. know who would be in that? Uh, category, Malcolm Ooh. Mayflower from <laughs> Isil Kilia. Oh yeah, yes, yes. He probably has eaten, a, eat, like tried it, you know, to push see experience. Yeah, no, he's definitely eaten a person for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. and like a person that was like killed for his edification, not like yes. a normal cannibalism, not like an ideal circumstance cannibalism. <laughs> perfectly uh, just a perfectly like, like something we'll see later on where it'll be like 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 how eth- the ethical cannibal <laughs> yeah for real um yeah so i i understand why they have to be ghouls and i'm i'm okay with it uh the original comic that this mm-hmm. is based on is a little is this was pretty different from it from what i can tell um mm-hmm. but the idea of it was that um Dale, like the the character that is Dale, is like a journalist who comes to a town um, that is like annually visited by vampires, and they like mm-hmm. feast, and it's just kind of an accepted thing, uh, which sure, also sure. I'd be interested in seeing. Yeah, so, I, I would totally see that. Sort Although, of like an opposite lo- opposite day Lost Boys. Yeah, the but just to say that the the can the use of cannibalism is better. The the visceral eating is grosser and more more pleasing for me. Oh, yeah. And I, I like the fact I mean, like a vampire, I know what's going on there. A ghoul is much more um, much more interesting yeah. to me. Um, I like that they uh, gave them like kind of like they're kind of vampiric, but I like that they gave them sort of like almost uh, lamprey-esque mouths like those like yeah, yeah. fleshy, puckered mouths. This is like my favorite type of Tales from the Crypt gore where yeah. it's not super high production value, but it's pretty good. It's pretty it good. It looks like it looks it looks like good looking Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, facial prosthetics is what yeah. it looks like to be. Like, totally. It's kind of a... like that level of. Yeah. What are those guys called? The gentlemen in the one where they. Scream oh, the man, that's so, they're so scary. Yeah, the gentlemen are so yeah. scary. But yeah, 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 you're yeah. right. Or like uh, or like really good, like a solid production value episode of the X-Files. It's like that yeah. kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and they, this would also actually this would fit pretty good with the X Files. Yes, I mean, I'm actually. Mulder is a shitty objectifying man. <laughs> I wonder he totally is. I actually I'm wondering um, because they're the FBI. I I would be interested to w- look back and see um, and see how woke and how like willing to uh, to skewer the ruling class the X-Files is. I bet it's a little bit soft on them. Sure, of course. Or it just becomes like the conspiracy. Right, right. But I don't or think anyone like. thinks that the cigarette-smoking man has owns like a yacht or something. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Or, 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 or is it a thing where the conspiracy is not the government, but instead are rogue elements within the... It, it becomes the whole like, no, I had no idea. It was just... It was my secretary and everyone who works for me, but I didn't, you know. I've watched the like X-Files. contra kind of thing. I've watched the X-Files in its entirety, like, more than twice, and I still cannot explain to you the final plot. <laughs> they paid pretty good attention. I mean, like, I don't I consider myself a, a fairly smart person, and I still don't know. There's, It's too convoluted and weird. And not in a clever way, just in a messy way. 
would you like let, let's talk about some uh, I'd like to talk about a few kind of specific lines in the specific points in the film and then um, if you want to do a little grab bag of some of our favorite uh, cannibalism uh, themed movies sure and musicals and uh, but okay so I thought it was um, I, I like I usually don't like it when there's like terrible misogyny in uh, Tales from the Crypt but I do like that Dale is sort of not not a good guy it, it kind of gives it some of that it's a little noiry i guess but the idea that he devours the ladies um chews them up and spits them out yeah, yeah you yeah, think yeah. you can just chew women up at night and spit them out in the morning which is a little bit forced because i don't that, that seems like a weird way to talk about sexually using someone um i did not i had never seen do you remember this episode from childhood i had never seen no, this episode no i've never seen this episode before i was delighted to read i mean like you kind of know because like the crypt creeper is like talking about like betty croker and like shish kebab yeah, yeah, which by it. the yes. way is there anything more 90s than a shish kebab there isn't i I loved. I wrote. I, I wrote Betty Croker in big letters on my notes because it was a good. It was a good. Yeah, it's a solid, this, solid pun. This is a. Um, this is a rare episode where I like the episode and I like the Crypt Creepers. A Crypt Creeper. The Crypt Keepers intro. The, the bumpers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're and exit and outro were really good. Um, I mean, the main reason for Dale. I mean, thematically it makes sense for Dale to be horrible. But the yeah. main reason for Dale to be horrible is to introduce my favorite character in Tales from the Crypt thus far, which is Allie Walker as Elaine Tillman, because mm-hmm. every who's yeah. who's Dale's like takes no shit boss. Everything she says is amazing. <laughs> I wrote down this line. Uh, so Dale is like uh, late for an assignment and she's like giving him what for and about to fire him. Um, and he's like, oh, my alarm clock, my power went out. And she said, well, maybe you should buy an alcohol powered generator. That way you could urinate into it every morning and have enough electricity for the whole day. <laughs> Damn. I like I like when she talks about how he's getting his oil changed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like a gross movie way to talk about sex, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he Dale has this weird energy that I wrote where he he. See if you agree with this, but he's like one of those guys who just acts like he slept with all the women he interacts with. It's this sort of like weird superior familiarity, which is quite bad. <laughs> yeah, he also doesn't care that anybody knows he's gross. Like he yeah, takes yeah. he takes uh, Rita Wilson's Jess. He's like, I'm gonna take you to lunch, and he takes him back to his like dirt bag apartment and is like, <laughs> is like, I got you a fast food salad, and I'm gonna eat a burger that's like just literally covered in iceberg lettuce. It's so gross. Well, I mean, you don't have to leave a tip. Ugh. And he's like pouring wine that you know he already had open in his fridge that he just like <laughs> shoved the cork back into. Oh, like some some like into it. some vinegar it's, it's fat. some vinegar stale wine. Yeah, because she wants to consume his flesh. But why didn't she just eat him then? I mean, I feel like like the matter that's fine, but like she should have eaten him then. Like, did she? I mean, maybe do ghouls enjoy having sex with people? Maybe she, uh, she maybe seemed to be that. having fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then she only gets mad when he's tape recording it. Like, well, to be fair, I mean, I think was, that there's sexual. I'm sorry, as he says, pumping you for information. Oh, God. <laughs> there's going to be a press blackout. Actually, everything women say to Dale, I like. Um, yeah, no, I. Yes. It's very funny. I like the I like the the woman that he has the one night stand with, too. I like how yeah, she no, wakes they're, up, they're realizes that he, realizes that he's about to do her dirty, and she's 
pissed. She's so mad she doesn't even get fully dressed before she leaves his apartment. <laughs> She's very angry. Uh, but yeah. I like it. I like it. I think it's great. <laughs> I Okay, so I also love how realistically unhelpful the ghoul's foundation is. This, this, feels oh, very, this is very yeah. true to anyone who lives in the world where you're like, we're fancy rich people and we think that what we need to do for homelessness is make sure that every homeless person is buried in a fancy car, which again, right? Like, of course people deserve to be buried with dignity. It's very messed up that that is not just like a baseline thing in our society, of course. Right. But but just sort of poking fun of this where it's kind of like, so you don't want to help when they're alive, but you do think that it's important to splash out so they can have a have a, have a funeral? That's, you, 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 only, you only care about the problem after, like, like, like after there's not actually a person to help? Yeah, no, I think that that's, like, a brilliant thing that, like, Dale points out, and I like that he points it out, and then, like, another person oh, yeah. in the press corps is like, that's a good point! <laughs> I, I haven't... I, I agree with the dandy! press conferences, but yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that there are lots of, there's lots of camaraderie in the press corps, that they're like, yeah, yeah, they're like, good. good one, Dale! Good one, Dale! Um, <laughs> Dale, you need to zip your fly back up. Well, and also just that it gets so sanctimonious and they're so proud of themselves. That whole thing where that, that whole like we pulled ourselves up by the bootstraps. So now we're going to help, a.k.a. prey on the yes. most vulnerable yes. people who we should care about the most and like be real sanctimonious prigs about it feels very right to me um, every time. Yes. Like like from bad experiences volunteering. <laughs> like, yeah, no. Yeah. 100%, 100%. Not every, not every nonprofit, but definitely some nonprofits. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. The, um, the kind of dog-eat-dog boat is, it's like an overused metaphor, right? Where it's kind of like, oh, the press, it's a backstabbing business. And you gotta, you gotta step on people and dog-eat-dog. Dog. Usually it's not carried to this, this extreme, but I, and I think you, you covered this well at the top, but there's an idea that, Human society is, is is it capitalism? Is it show business? Is it journalism? It's just all about, uh, really, to quote a uh, one of my favorite works of cannibal literature. Um, because in all the human race, Mrs. Lovett, there are two kinds of men and only two. There's the one who stays put in his proper place, and the one with his foot in the other one's face. Look at me, Mrs. Lovett. Look at you. Though we all deserve to die, even you, Mrs. Lovett, even I. Number one, fun to read Sondheim as if you're reading like 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 children's poetry. Yeah, it's sort of like demented Dr. Seuss. <laughs> oh, which by the way, shout out. I there's a have you seen the guy who does Dr. Seuss over uh, Dr. Dre Beats? No. His name is Wes Tank. He lives in Milwaukee. <gasps> and he is charming. He's so good. Um, the Lorax one is especially good. But yes, pe people devouring each other, like our society is a teeming pile of rats, is like almost a hack metaphor for the modern world. I wonder I wonder if this has ever not been an apt metaphor for like the way human beings interact with each other and their, and society, or Western society anyway. Um, uh, probably not. This probably is pretty, this is pretty, pretty good hack metaphor about how, uh, how selfish we all are because we all deserve to die. Even you, Mrs. Lovitz, even I. What I like about it is I think that this particular, um, and, and I think that also uh, Sweeney Todd definitely gets at this too, but that the 
I think that it fails or where I don't like it or where it comes out where it's like, oh, it sounds about white, is if mm-hmm. you get people who are like, we've never left the jungle. Like, that's actually, like, what I don't care for. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, like, that I think is where you're like, oh, wah, wah. Like, yeah, obviously, obviously we're all just like a pride of lions and we're all fighting over the same zebra leg. Um or a flock of seagulls fighting over the same french fry, which would not be a problem in Belgium. Belgium is a wash in french fries that they don't know what to do with. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's a problem. For just a second, I thought you were talking about the band Flock of Seagulls. <laughs> flock of Seagulls personally has too many french flock fries. Flock of Seagulls putting out concept albums about alien abduction. <laughs> I'm putting, I'm like, I'm writing a really weird, like, fourth grade math problem. Flock of Seagulls has way too many french fries, but Fine Young Cannibals has zero french fries. How many french fries would? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So, so no. So I think that gets bad when you're like everyone's just like a like a beast. Ah, I think it's better. Well, I, I, I think it's better when you highlight the way that we have structured society so that some people get to be very beastly towards each other, and everyone mm-hmm. and and but that there are true moments of grace and humanity, which we get here between Robert and Dancer, right? Mm-hmm. And you yeah. can see that that the that they have gotten the real short end of the stick in this situation, mm-hmm. um, and that you know the people who consider themselves better off, like Dale, are actually not that far off from being in the same situation that Dancer and Robert are in, but they would never think about it that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that that's like a better, cleaner way to tell this kind of story. With more action. Otherwise, you're just like, well, I guess we're all just going to, you know, like keep clambering on each each other like a pile of rats until we die. Well, but I mean, okay, but 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 the, sometimes sometimes there is benefit in media that just points out that there are problems, the sort of like dog eat dog world kind of, you know, whatever. Um, but I do think that there is some there could be some merit in being like there is sa- savagery in the heart of men and we haven't mitigated it. You don't have to you don't necessarily always have to offer structural solutions to it. If the point is just the horror, you know, because like, like Sweeney Todd is about revenge, but it's also and but the cannibalism is, is is just kind of about like people being ground up in the gears of society and the savagery that desperation engenders. Right. Would you say like, yeah, but I think that that's what I'm talking about. Like, I prefer those kinds of stories versus um, the, the it's not a cannibal tale, but it is a crazy movie I watched recently and I would recommend people watch it because mm-hmm. it's a wild thing to see um but it is a movie called lady in a cage about uh-huh. a affluent woman with a, a hip injury who gets trapped in her uh home elevator that looks like a giant bird cage hanging in the middle of her living room and uh-huh. a whole pack of uh of thieves and villains come to her house to like rob and Mur- and like murder each other. It is a wild movie. Um, when did this movie come out? This movie is uh, like it's right on the tail of whatever happened to Baby Jane, and it's like that mm-hmm. type of like kind of like sure. exploitive. Um, sure. And it's a uh, the 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 titular lady is the same person who plays Scarlett O'Hara's foil in um, Gone with the Wind, whose name is like maybe Minnie. I got you. Yeah, like, but the, the but the the good Southern woman, the pious Southern woman, um, it's a wild film. The 
end result of it sort of is like, and, and she talks about this is like, it's like, we we thought we left the jungle and moved to the city, but we brought the jungle with us. And there is some sort of like kind of commentary about her being being rich and uh, creating a little trap for her own son. It's a wild movie. Um, but ultimately, at the end of it, you're like, so all poor people are like rapers and villains? Cool. Sure. <laughs> Which is clearly not true. Um, right, right. I, they must have. It's, 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 this is the film that informs the writing staff of Westworld. Yes, indeed. Correct. Everyone rapes. Yeah. Just like the, the one special boy who's not a raper. Um, yeah. No, but yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm just, yeah. I, 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 I may be misunderstood a little bit. I'm just saying that, like, you don't have to offer solutions. I see what you're saying, though, where pointing out that it exists is not basically having a movie where you say, yeah, there's cannibalism. People are messed up. <laughs> right. It's not as like satisfying as being like as as what this is doing, which is saying that the the people who have benefited from the exploitation of um, of sure. the, uh, of the most uh, vulnerable in our society are akin to cannibals. That's a much more interesting story than being like, we're beasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's always hit back to the same old saw. It's American Psycho right there. Who, Patrick Bateman also is a cannibal. Yeah, he is. That's very true. Like Loki. Yeah. I don't know. Um, or it's implied. I did a little no, bit of he, cooking. He, 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 he tells he it. Yeah. yeah, he confesses. I tried to do a little bit, bit of cooking. Yeah. The, uh, it, 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 you know, maybe in the same way that Perhaps on on a, on a more sanitary and clean level, aren't the isn't the isn't the sexual serial killer of of the film screen also kind of a cannibal where it's the superior being and you take you take advantage of and uh, you know slake your appetite, whether it be an appetite for sex, death, blood, you know, something like that. I, th I think that we can see this as somewhere on the cannibalism spectrum, really. Oh, for sure. And I think that it, it just it, it, it just actually is more sanitized. It again is sort of like the vampire. It doesn't it doesn't look the grossness of what you're doing in the face and kind of covers it up by being like, no, no, he just he just has to murder, but he only murders bad people or whatever. Sure. I think that this has this particular story uh, has a lot in common with both parents and society are the mm -hmm. cannibal movies that m reminds me of the most and kind of in different ways. Uh-huh. So parents parents is about the like desire to appear normal and feel belonging even when something is very wrong, which is basically sure. right like so the the plot line of parents is there's this little boy and his mom is always and it, his family is sort of this like leave it to beaver esque mm -hmm. um uh, you know stereotype and his mom is always making these like mystery meatloaves. And he finds out that she's making them out of people, right? And I think that's that's, that's a lot about um, that's a lot about the destructive nature of like conformity, and mm -hmm. the desire to belong somewhere. Um, so I think like the 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 need to belong and find a place of belonging and and find power in your deviant acts, but but because you're all croned up, it's fine. I think we have that here with like these rich people who have like. We were we were once destitute and homeless, but now we've found our other people and now we can all eat together and have family meals and it's great, right? Mm -hmm. But what they're yeah. doing is abhorrent. Sure. And then society is even better because society is about uh, affluent people in Beverly Hills who 
like round up uh, groups of vulnerable people and consume them and eat them. But they're aliens. Right, cause, yeah, because they're yeah, right. Because they're Cronenberg-esque monstrosities. Yeah. Society is very good. Yeah, society's great. I like parents, too, but parents is not without its faults. Is Parents the best Randy Quaid uh, movie? Yes. I think so. Yes, I feel confident saying that. <laughs> Have you ever seen any of the, like, uh, Cannibal Holocaust or um, I think Eli Roth made Green Inferno kind of more recently, the Italian cannibal style movies? Um you ever seen any of those? I have not. Uh, I don't think I would enjoy them. Yeah, I think that, I, yeah, I think a lot of what we're talking about is not so much what they're about. I, I saw Green Inferno and found it shockingly racist. Oh, good. Uh, and not, but that may be true to what he's sort of pastiching there. So, you know, who knows? Yeah. But I think in, the, in those cases, it's sort of like the thing where you're uh, going for the shock. It's sort of maybe sort of a faces of death kind of thing where it's kind of like, no, no, this is. This is real or is it? But maybe not. Um, and then um, certainly people, there are people who are uh, bigger film buffs than me and have smarter things to say who can probably defend these movies. But I have not I have not really partaken in what is perhaps the archetypical cannibal movies. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I I think that I my interest in cannibalism is very much cut out of this cloth where I like it as a satirical commentary. Yeah, right, right. It's it's a theme, not a not a topic in and of itself. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, like I, I it, it it's not surprising to me that Cannibal Holocaust is not for me, right? Sure. The same way that yeah. I can watch um I can watch a movie like um Oh man, it's not called Twins. Dead Ringers. I can watch Dead Ringers mm-hmm. which features upsetting visualizations. And enjoy it mm-hmm. because it has a deeper theme versus something like Hostel. No, poor Eli Roth getting a little bit of a kicking here in this episode. Yeah, he deserves um, it. He can take it. Yeah. He can go to bed. Yeah. He can cry himself to tear to sleep on his money bed. He's fine. You're right. You're right. You're right. So I have so I have a little bit of an ambush here. So isn't it funny that almost literally everyone who is against uh, uh, what's the name Dale. Um, in this in this episode, turned out to be a cannibal ghoul. Um, would it have been better, different, worse, if the only other person who's against him, his boss, was also implicated here? Right? Remember the reporter who replaces him shows up as a ghoul, which is a little bit of an unnecessary thing to show. Oh, I think I like really fully that. missed that. Yeah. So, I don't think that we're supposed to read this as you know, like some sort of like paranoid persecution delusion. And his, you know, his boss isn't there. But if she was, then everyone who he, like, feels inferior to or has conflict with would be a ghoul. That's true. Um, and it, it wouldn't be better. I think the reason the boss feels so right and good in this is that certainly she is the one who most directly leads to him experiencing homelessness and finding himself in this predicament, right? So in some ways... <laughs> it's her fault. It's always some woman. Some broad. It's her fault. Yeah. But it's also his fault because he was crap at his job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, of course, of course. You, can't, you can't deny the fact that she is correct. Mm-hmm. 
but like I think if she was a ghoul, that then it would really just feel like a Sven situation where you're just like every you know like you've been controlled this whole time. Like it would yeah, be yeah, a little yeah. bit you, too. You, you never you never had a choice actually, Dale. No, like yeah. it's much better that Dale Maybe sort the, of the girl who yells at him also needs to show up all. <laughs> yeah. No, but then but then Dale, then you're the actually the Jacob's only ladder. human. Everyone, either people are experiencing homelessness or they're a ghoul. Right, yeah, that's the thing where it, like, cuts to him, like, just, like, bleeding out in the street for having been hit by a car, and this is what he dreams. Yeah. So, who do you think the historic cannibals on the walls are? You can you can answer this with, like, literal people, or are we to understand that there is a long aristocratic lineage of ghouls? Are these literally the same ghouls? Are these, like, oh. you know, somehow impossibly old? Maybe yeah, they're yeah, like ancient or... beings. I didn't necessarily yeah. get that from it. I did get that they were like big wheels going back to our perception of the birth of the Americas. So you want this? This is like X Files, where it's like, no, Scully, ghouls have been running American capitalism. Yeah, no, no, for I want. I want this yeah, to be yeah. they live. I want most things yeah. to be they live, and this is one <laughs> of them. Also, <laughs> additionally, this. So, Mary, have you seen this? Is uh, probably nobody else has. But have you seen the episode of, I think it's Masters of Horror, called The Washingtonian? Yes, I love The Washingtonians. <laughs> the Washingtonians? It yeah, really yeah. sets you up. It's like, the, it's like the second or third, I think it's the second episode of that, that particular oh, no, iteration. I thought it was almost at the end. But yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, or maybe I just saw them out of order. But like, it, yeah. I, I either I saw it out of order or it's early in the season. And I, it, set my, it set my expectations very high. And uh, it was unfortunate. But tell the good people yeah. what the Washingtonians oh, is about. So the Washingtonians is about um, uh, it is discovered that there is a letter which seems to have been written by the father of our nation, George Washington, threatening to you can correct me if I get some details wrong here, Mary, um, threatening to kill and eat someone's child. And then it's also accompanied by like a like a fork or a spoon or something that's made out of a human forearm. And so it is questioned whether or not uh, George Washington may have been a person who engages in cannibalism. In the background of this, there are also a bunch of people in wigs and frock coats who are going around, like, decapitating people and kidnapping them. And so our heroes uh, go to investigate this tawdry situation and discover that there is indeed an underground society called the Washingtonians and that the father of our nation, uh, George Washington, um, uh, engaged in cannibalism while encamped at Valley Forge as the winter got harsh and discovered that he loved it. And he and, right, I'm getting this right, most of the other founding fathers are also all cannibals. Yeah. Uh, and. Yes. Yeah. It, it, I, um, I get it confused with the, with the sto short story it's based on, too. But I think there's other funny stuff, like, like Ben Franklin. I think this might be in the story, but, like, Ben Franklin is not a real person, but indeed was, like, a composite character they made up, which is, like, a really funny detail to just throw in there. Yeah, it's strange. Uh, um, maybe 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 the author really liked Ben Franklin was like, but I mean, he wasn't a cannibal. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, like, oh, well, well they got, we got to sure start stop short of Ben Franklin, the most important American to never be president. Right, right. But um, so it, it, it ends with them being uh, kidnapped and taken in by the Washingtonians who are like eating bodies and frock coats and all this stuff. And um, then the then there is a shootout with the FBI and hey, everything is great. Washingtonians totally shut down. Nothing to worry about. And then our hero pulls a dollar bill out of his billfold and discovers that it is indeed not George Washington, noted cannibal, on the dollar bill. It is indeed George W. Bush Boom. on the dollar bill. Boom, the most horrific thing you could imagine. Ah! I mean, that is pretty bad, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it rules. It's great. 
it, it is it combines everything we love, which is like uh, sort of like um, uh, cockeyed screwball societal um, uh, satire and also cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You ready to rate this? Rate this beloved. Yo, yes, I am. Johnston child favorite. I think it's I think it's ladies first. I am pleased as punch. Pleased as bloody cannibalistic punch to give this a five out of five tasty years. I don't th- I don't have any fault with this. Not really. Like, I, I, I think the performance is good. The story is good. It has tight symbolism, which is interesting and funny. It's it's a ten out of t- it's a five out of five. Ten out of ten if that were our scale, but it's not. <laughs> it's a it's a seven out of seven. Four thumbs up, by which I mean five. Yeah. I mean, maybe we should have done it out of thirteen. Oh. Six hundred and sixty-six. That would be a very torturous. That'd be an un- uncomfortably granular scale. <laughs> My scale's out of a hundred, so I can like really get into the nuances of how much I like something. People who do that are also like, and I would never give anything a perfect 100 because that is just against my principles. It can never be perfect. Yeah, that's a person who definitely needs a kick in their wow hole. Go ahead. Okay, so I like this one. I like this one a lot too. I I hesitate to call it perfect or my very most favorite, but it's real good. Um, so I gave this one a four and a half out of five clever acrostics. <laughs> yeah, I do like that. Ghouls, I have that one. Ghouls stands yeah. for... Where is it? Goal stands for the grateful homeless and homeless outcasts and unwanted layaway society. I also love the, yeah. the fact that they have like layaway as in there. <laughs> what a mm-hmm. weird, yes. what a weird detail. Yeah, I like, I like, I also like when they finally, when he sees it right now, he's like, oh, ghouls. Oh, bummer, <laughs> ghouls. Oh, no. Well, next time. Join us to see how well bloodstains come out of Buffalo check flannel in a sexy little lumberjack theme number we call Split Second. I haven't watched this one yet. Is it good? Um, I haven't either, but it has really good ratings on IMDb. Oh, good. Well, also, I think it's about, as far as I can tell, it's about like a guy who's a timber baron who like gets a sexy young wife who like can't help but flirt with the other lumberjacks and then people get like killed with axes and stuff. So it'll probably be pretty good. Thanks for listening to Crypt Creepers. Please check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or the platform of your choice. Subscribe, rate, review us, hit that bell. But no, it's a different format. Uh, be sure to visit outrageousmechanisms.com slash crypt-creepers to see our show notes and find other excellent podcasts. And to take us out, just a little piece of advice. The ghouls, the ghouls dinner parties seem like elegant affairs, but I w- must warn you, never be tardy for those parties. If you show up late, all you'll get is the cold shoulder. <laughs> Outrageous.